Well, at least me and Arnold Schwarzenegger have now got something in common. You're both Greek gods? We've both managed to write off a Prius. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've been waiting to use that one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef podcast, where we make a meal out of movies. I'm your host, Ebs. Uh, with me, my co-host, Corm, uh, back once again with the Renegade Master, ready to cook up some movie. I'm just tired. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just tired. I've been ill. I just I don't really get any sleep. I'm working. It's just... Uh... Well, we are here to bring you... Um, <laughs> no joy. We're here to bring no joy. <laughs> no joy. No laughing. No smiling. We're going to bring you movie news, trailers, something to do in the 90s, and we're going to fuck off. 40 minutes. <laughs> good night, everyone. Sounds good. See you later. <laughs> I, I, I am, for argument's sake and for cards on the table, I'm a little hungover. I don't Stomach. get drunk drunk very often but the royal rumble was on last night <laughs> of all of, of all the occasions a royal a royal event you have to get hammered it's a royal event but that's <laughs> my that's my christmas i don't like christmas the royal rumble's my christmas it comes once a year you get really excited for it and it's such a big letdown once you bit once you get there no i watched the royal rumble last night and uh, i got absolutely smart. i text a lad from work at about half past 10 i think i said i think i've started drinking way too early <laughs> 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 fucking showing me age there how about you you sound uh you sound beaten up by the world just the world man i understand i understand that everyone is dealing with a lot of the stuff at the minute like it's not really you know it's nothing massive but it's just i've been ill rachel's been ill uh for a few weeks uh then i became ill not the rona uh just ill and then obviously work 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 Work, work, work. We all love it. the general public are fantastic. That's all I'm going to say, and I'll leave it at that. The gen- they are. I had a I had a customer because I deal with businesses who sell to customers, the B two B to C market, if you will. <laughs> and uh, one of them <laughs> says, <to> me, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and one of them said to me the other day, rings me, it says, uh, right, uh, right, yeah, um, we're going to do this uh, this bathroom. Yeah, I said, yeah, we'll get it sold. Okay, I says I'm going to get my customer to ring you. I said, nope. This is what you mean. I said, I don't deal with customers. I said, you deal with me? I said, yeah, but you're a guy or, or a woman or whoever that rings me up and says, I want A, B, two of C and one of D. Send it to Stevenage. Okay. A customer rings me up and goes, what sort of shade mm-hmm. of blue are them tiles? Is it a light blue or is it a much more medium blue? Okay, because the shape of the tiles is important. Oh, fuck off. I can't be asking with you. <laughs> Not even insulted your customers. I've insulted my customers' customers. It's all right. Let's crack on. It's Let's cool. crack on. <laughs> um, start with some very sad news, and you stay fucking quiet right now. What? I want nothing but positive words from you for the next couple of minutes. All right. <laughs> this, this is, is an awful way, awful way to start. That's like <laughs> this is a very I positive. 
I would not besmirch the dead. You know, unless unless they were an asshole with really bad political Shut views. Your and uh, mouth. What? You're doing it without even saying his name. Stop <laughs> it. Okay. Stop it. All right, fine, okay. No. Yes, no. okay. So the past couple of weeks have seen the tragic loss of Meatloaf, um, idolised by many, including myself, a powerhouse of uh, one of the all-time top-selling uh, record artists with Battle of Hell, and of course in a number of films that we love, including Fight Club, which we're going to be discussing today, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Wayne's World, he was in there, uh, and of course who can forget the fantastic appearance as Dennis in Spice World. Um, but he was an absolute gargantuan performer. I am very sad that I never got to see him sing live. Um, I, I shed a tear when I heard of Meat Love's passing. What good comments about his work do you have for us today, Cobb? Um, so that's hot, Meat Love hot, passed away. Hot Patootie was great. Hot Patootie was rest my soul. <laughs> Yeah, look, he had certain um, opinions on things happening in the world. And I, look, I slate people for having them opinions. I would never wish anybody dead. I'd never laugh. No, I'm not. Somebody course, I'm not <laughs> no, no, no. But what I'm saying is it's like I, I feel a bit of a hypocrite because, you know, I absolutely love him. I love his work. I think he was a great guy. I watched lots of interviews with him. Um, Meatloaf was absolutely fantastic. Um, and then, you, you know... <laughs> I try not to listen to all the misinformation stuff and then sort of you hear that he talks about, you know, anti-COVID lockdowns and climate change denial. And then I've got to think, well, do I have to hate this man or be against him? Yeah, I think if you like a person, if you're, you know, intrinsically linked to that person, whether it be through music or, or movies and stuff, I think you're allowed to, to separate the art from the person. You know what I mean? So you're you're a fan of Meatloaf. You're not a fan of his politics. You know, if it can still it can still hurt, even though you don't. I I, I like many uh, people who have opposing views to me. You know, I have friends who have opposing views to me. It doesn't mean that I don't like them any less. They just have opposing views. Now it is on the opposite end of the scale, but it comes back to that old question of: Are we still allowed to listen to Last Train Home by the Lost Prophets? Yeah. Of a tune. Should we be listening to Should we be listening to fucking uh, you know anything by Michael Jackson? You know, should, should Billy Jean be? You know, you know, we got to look at all this stuff. Are we but, Are we allowed to listen to fucking Led Zeppelin anymore when we know that Jimmy Page locked a thirteen year old girl in a house for like three months? When you know, uh, when when I watched Joker in the cinema and he's coming down the stairs in that iconic scene where he's dancing down the stairs and you're like, yeah, I love this scene. I recognise this song. Yeah, it's Gary fucking Glitter. Do you, th- do you think? Do you think that they knew? Like, what, is it a song? big enough? Is it a big enough song to for anybody to listen to it and go, "Oh, hold on, that's that's Gary Glitter." Because I know it's a big song. Like, I understand that it's a big song, and they used to use it in ice hockey and they use it in sports in America and stuff like that. There, but I just don't believe that they would know the background or the person who sang the song. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of songs out there that I just I don't know fucking people's historical fucking you know, child abuse claims you know within the mind yeah, but okay we're going off topic with meatloaf here but i'd like to think there's enough... <laughs> we're talking about child abuse you, brother? <laughs> i'd like to think there's enough people in the chain of making a film that one of them can't look at the track list and go you know gary glitter got done for doing kids didn't you you know as somebody yeah. i wonder whether they use that as like it's almost to generate controversy should i be enjoying this 
character I who just, was a villain. I just, I just, I just love that thought that popped in my head there with everybody in the editing suite, and then they hear the music, and some one guy just pops his head through the door and goes, "You know, he was done for fucking kids, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> but yeah absolutely look i can um meet love for me i love him and his music and his acting enough uh to separate it from whatever personal viewers he had and look if donald trump was to ever go and uh, re-release one of the all-time best-selling albums with battle of hell then i might think differently about donald trump but i didn't and he's a cunt meet love as of yet as away. of yet as of yet he's as not released yet, he hasn't released <laughs> a top-selling yet, album a top-selling rock opera hot patootie i mean it's, it's, good it's great. It's, do you know? I think we did we did Rocky Horror about yeah. three four months ago, and yeah. I kind of I kind of uh, revisited Hot Patootie, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a banger. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, so yeah, what trailers? Well, we'll get one out of the way. I sent you over a trailer for uh, Netflix's new stop motion feature film Pinocchio. Uh, that seems to be about getting about 25 different remakes going on all at the same time. It's another one of those. Somebody's walked into an office and gone, I want to do Pinocchio. Well, are the rights available? Yeah, it's free rights. Oh, let's all fucking make Pinocchio then. This one's uh, stop motion directed by Guillermo del Toro for Netflix. Big fanfare to a new trailer being released. And it's literally the little prick of a cricket living in a a house. And he's talking about living in a wooden boy's heart. And that's it. And it's a teaser trailer. I file, I file this under um, money for old rope. The money for old rope section. Do you need to tell anybody about Pinocchio? Nope. There you go. Um, you've got, um, you've got your history. And we can also um, all get behind the fact that Jiminy Cricket is a little uh, cunt rag. So that's that coming out. Um, and while we've been away, we had the trailer for Moon Knight released. Um, I'll, I'll ask you then, since I skipped over Pinocchio. What? Uh, how are you? How are you feeling about Moon Knight coming to Disney Plus? Just, I don't know. The whole uh, multiple personality kind of thing. I just don't know. Um, I think we spoke about the fact that I've been burnt. I've been burnt in the past with uh, MCU TV shows, and I'm just going to tread very softly uh, with the TV shows that are coming up in the future. Um. <sighs> Do you know whenever you see something new and there's like a big name attached to it, I I kind of always start to think to myself, why why do they always go for the big name? It's like when Salma Hayek was in and 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 Anthony and Jolie were in Eternals, and I was like, why why do they need them? Like why? Like I don't understand. Why don't they just bring in like a not a no name, but you know why don't they just take a chance on somebody? You know, like they did with you know Chris Evans and like they did with um, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, you know, the, the, I, I, it always, it always, it always annoys me when things like that happen. Marvel has been so successful in the past with you know non triple A actors. Well, people don't realize that Robert Downey Jr. was in the fucking toilet for years. You know, he, he's not always been. He wasn't always. And Chris Evans was in, not in the toilet, but he was not an A star at all. Like, he, he, you put Chris Evans in a movie pre-Captain America. Would, would he hold the movie? Yeah, but you put him in a movie with Hugo Weaving and Tommy Lee Jones. You put Thor, Chris Hemsworth, in a movie with Anthony Hopkins. Um, you put... Um, it was doing Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, 
but he's in there Tommy, with Tommy Lee Jones isn't a massive massive name you know even nowadays you tell me that your average your average cinema, cinema gore would would understand what Tommy Lee Jones has done in the past filmography wise or or you know Hugo even no but they're no a name they're, they're, they're a name I think what what Marvel did at the beginning was yeah they brought in the the you know the unsigned up and coming the the doubted talent and and built them up again but they surrounded them with a plus rated actors, you know, big no. Hollywood, big well, well known names. Come on, now nah, I'm not having not yeah. the, not the, the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say people like Tommy Lee Jones and Hugo even are a triple A stars. I think you'd pay more money to get them in your in your film than a few other people. But what I'm oh, saying is yeah. they surrounded them with bigger names and, mm-hmm. and the the showcase them. What Marvel have got now is obviously this um, opportunity to have the money and the name and the brand power to bring in Oscar Isaac as, as your lead, as opposed to someone not. There just, there just seems to be them, every couple of actors who just seem to say yes to everything. And Oscar Isaac seems to be one of them. He just, he's in everything. Oh, so we're talking, it's the Com- Colin Farrell from yeah. 2002 to 2008. Yeah, and it, Sam it just Worthington, seems to be there. <laughs> Sam Worthington from sort of 20 to 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, look, Moon Knight's come in. Uh, it looks interesting, as these always do. I'm a bit, <laughs> and again, and again, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I think the six-episode formula is going to... I'll be honest, I think it hurt Hawkeye more than anything. It felt like they'd written a story for six episodes of TV, but mm. still had to stretch it across six episodes. It was yeah. like they didn't want to commit too much, but the, the, they had to pad it out. I mean, I'm not saying it should be going back to the top 22-episode formula, but... I think six is, for a new character we don't know, I think that's pushing it. Um, it this series also stars Gaspar Duliel, um, forgive me if I didn't pronounce his name, um, also stars sort of Hannibal Rising from a few years ago, tragically died in a um, skiing accident mm-hmm. um, over the over the winter. Um, and obviously, you know, he's in six episodes of this, but he's uh, obviously been sorely missed. Not an actor I'm that familiar with, um, French actor, sort of quite well-known in France. But obviously, that's very sad there. But um, look, Moon Knight's going to be coming out. I'm interested. I'll watch it. Let's see what happens. Um, like I say, I think it's brave doing six episodes on a character nobody's seen or knows about. But we'll see where and it that, goes. Maybe that's why they've put him in there, then. Could well be. Could well be. Have you seen... Did you watch Hawkeye yet? <laughs> You're not missing much. You're really not missing much. <laughs> every, I like it at every episode you ask me. I think I might just keep this going. <laughs> Do it. You'll never see Hawkeye. You're going, get, you're going to get on your deathbed and just go, <laughs> I really did see it. Rachel, so come close. Come close. <laughs> Ring Paul and tell him I still haven't Hawkeye. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what about a message for your children? <laughs> Write it down, woman. <laughs> Paul must know. <laughs> And what about the finances for the family home? David woman, this is important. <laughs> we also got a tease this week um, in the news. Arnold Schwarzenegger has teased a mystery, a mystery, mystery. <laughs> project where he will be playing Zeus. Yeah. Now, I, for one, hope this is a Hercules in New York remake. <laughs> do you think that's what they're gonna go in the angle that they're going at why not why not mm. have a comedy make it a comedy have zeus oh arnold schwarzenegger is zeus so you've got your little nod to the classic original you're getting some big brew of a of an actor who's got a bit of comedy chops about him 
and you have him have Hercules in New York? Why not? I, I mean, I, I can't see it happening because you know, <laughs> you know, because Hercules in New York is like one of the, the worst movies that's ever been put to celluloid. Um, I also can't see it happening. I don't think. Could is Arnold Schwarzenegger proud of Hercules in New York? Do you think? I hope he fucking better be. He, he better shouldn't be, be. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. Nobody attached that movie. You know, apart from the uh, the cabbie. You know, he gave it gusto. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, the, yeah. the guy who played the cabbie, he was the he was it. Like he was at it. He was the only one who was actually acting in it, and he like chewed every bit of scenery up. Uh, you know, everybody else in it was just cardboard. You know, including Arnie and his gap tooth. You know, I just don't think Arnie would be very proud of, of Hercules. Yeah, it was horrible. I don't think I don't think he would be very proud of it. You know, I had um, just going quickly off topic. Um, one of my pals said to me the other day, says, uh, do you want to watch um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? And I said, ah. I said, I've only just seen it for podcast. It was like a couple of months back last summer. I watched it. It was the first frigging episode we did. It was like 18 months ago. No He's way. Eight, eight his movies. First episode we did, and I'm there thinking, really? like, yeah, and I'm there thinking it was a few months ago. <laughs> See, I got well, do you know what? I got the kind of I got a, a kind of wee bit of a, a fear in me the other night because I was watching rewatching Fight Club and I was like, I'm almost sure we've done this in the podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost sure we've done this, and I was sitting watching and I, I went over my old book from the from the, the first pandemic lockdown, and I was like, I'm sure and I was going through every page of notes, and I was like, I'm almost sure we've done this before. What, um, so yeah, Arnie's coming as Zeus. Um, I'll take listen, I, I'm there, uh, yeah, I'm Arnie's there. Arnie. I like any of that shit. See all that Sam Worthington fucking Clash of the Titans crap. I fucking love it. Uh, anything that's on TV, I'll watch it. Yeah, um, Film Stories, um, a website that we, um, will no doubt keep pushing because they were kind enough to put us on their website once. Hey. Uh, uk. um, I've got a report on there that New Line Cinema have commissioned a sequel to Mortal Kombat from 2021. Uh, the film Notorious yeah. because somebody froze some blood and used it to stab the man. Um, you, you know what? I've gone back and watched this a couple of times. I enjoy it. I think it's a better Mortal Kombat film than the two 90s ones. As Whoa. I said... Uh, no, no. <laughs> as, I, said, I think it's a better film. As, said in, as, said, as we said on the review, I have more fun watching the 95 version. Maybe better, maybe better looking, maybe better looking, yeah, but better looking, yeah, better special yeah. effects, you know. Um, so it's getting a sequel. Our yeah. game, we're going to get yeah, Johnny I'll Cage. I'd, I'd actually like to see the Mortal Kombat tournament this time. Yeah, that would. I I thought that that was kind of one of the things that was missing from it as well. If we get to the, if we get to see Goro again, I'd love Goro. Just get yeah. Goro in there. Yeah. Him, it's probably going to be someone like um, they'll probably get Shiva in there. They'll probably get Montaro. There'll be somebody like that. They up the ante. Um, I, I, I was trying to think of a comparison with Mortal Kombat. You know, you're watching this film about Mortal Kombat, the tournament to save the world, etc. And I just thought, imagine watching Cool Runnings, and it's a film about the Swiss team trying to stop the Jamaicans from getting to the Olympics. And right at the end, they manage to get on the plane, and then the film finishes. That's, See, that's you've, you've, hit, you've, you've hit on a very interesting concept. So we have Disney remaking movies, you know, remaking cartoons and the live action ones, just remaking Pinocchio over and over and over and over, making the, the TV shows into these things, making movies from the different point of view. That would be interesting. 
Yeah. Like what make a series of movies. I don't know. Let me think. <gasps> Did yeah, Hans Hans Gruber's Hans Gruber's uh, point of view in Die Hard. That'd be good. That'd be good. That would be good. I'd like to see it. Um, well, we're gonna. In fact, you've, you've touched, Do you know you've what? On Do you know what? That's a great. That's a great episode there. Gruber, <laughs> just one called Gruber. In fact, there we go. We'll have. Um, we'll 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 come up with film. The, you know, film concepts of told from the other side of things. But um, what was the one I was thinking of? Well, yeah, cool runnings, but it's literally like the, the Mortal Kombat 21 film was just them trying to be stopped from reaching the tournament. So imagine cool runnings where you're thinking, oh, I want to see how they get on the Olympics. And then they get on the plane and the head of the Swiss team goes, I'll get you next time. <laughs> and then fucks off. And that's the end of the film. And it just left a bit wanting, but hopefully we see a bit more of that. What was the one you said there about reboots? I was thinking gritty reboots, so like Gruber. That'd be quite cool from from another side of it. But we got the trailer as well, and I should have sent you this one for us to cover. But have you seen the trailer for Bel Air? Ah, uh, yeah. Fuck! I don't know what to make of that. I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay. So the whole the whole show, the whole film revolves around. I don't even know if it's a film or a TV. It's probably a TV show. It revolves. It's a, it is a TV show. It revolves around the setup from the opening theme song. That seems to be <laughs> everything that happens in it. You get in one little fight and you're off to live with your auntie and uncle Belair and, and then he gets there and I, I'm waiting for Carlton to do his funny dance, but now he's just some like stuck up little but it's more, right it's, dick or whatever, you know. They've it? turned it they've turned it into like fucking like like fresh Prince of Bel Air meets Law and Order. You know, it's that on the streets gritty. <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker, Carlton, get down around, motherfucker. <laughs> Carlton and Will walk into a classroom. Dun dun. <laughs> but it, I just I'm watching it and I'm like you did you went to university with me there was <laughs> there was a class where we had to write an adaptation so mm. we were given um, a poem or a piece of work and I had one by some guy and you had to write an al- alternative for it a, a reboot a, and, a, and a reimagining and I imagine this is somebody who was in a film class, like a, a GCSE or an A-level film class, and they've said, write a treatment to pitch a reboot of one of your favourite shows as a kid. And they've gone, I'm going to do Fresh Prince of Bel-Air meets Dangerous Minds, and it's going to be dark and great. So all the, the fun and the colour and the love and the well-meaning stories, all that from the original, get rid of that. It's just going to be inner city turmoil and people, and I, I don't know what to make of it, but we'll see we'll see no doubt we'll watch it and have a laugh um well you went on to disney reboots we'll stick with that um let's stick with dwarves no oh, yes yeah. um I, I, he used the, the word in his interview so i'm going to stick with it so uh, one of the world's most famous dwarves peter dinklage um was interviewed by everybody's favorite spotify <laughs> podcaster recently mark Maron? uh who mark maron's been massive for a long long time Yes, no, he, didn't he get in a load of shit for some of the interviews he was doing once? No, Mark Barron's one of these people that he, he interviews really, really interesting people. He got massive, he got massive around 2012 because he interviewed Obama and Obama came to his garage and they, they spoke, blah, 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 whatever. Is but that the one where he got to, Obama to do a spliff? Oh, was that no. Elon Musk? No, oh, that was Elon. I think that's Elon Musk. Yeah, but like Mark Barron does a lot of interesting uh, interviews. Like he interviews a lot of old comedians. Um, he did a really, really interesting interview with um, 
what's your man's name from Saturday Night Live, the guy who created it? Yeah, carry on. What's his fucking name? Bob. It's not Bob. Come on, carry anyway, on. Any, anyway, on, carry on. He, um, he, interviewed, he interviewed him and it you was mean, basically... Do you mean Lorne Michaels? Lorne Michaels. It was based, oh, yeah, yeah. It was based around the whole fact that Mark Maron uh, was in turmoil in his life for years. And one of the biggest turmoils in his life was that he was turned down for Saturday Night Live. And he basically interviewed uh, Lorne Michaels to ask him and find out why uh, to get some some peace of mind. And it's a very, very interesting interview. Um, <clears throat> but he interviewed a lot of old Saturday Night Live comedians and old comedians from the 70s and 80s and stuff. And it, it's, he's, his, his interviewing style can be quite abrasive from time to time. And he has had fights with people on the podcast as well. Like, um, like arguments with people, um, but yeah. I, I actually, I actually quite like Mark Maron. Uh, he's he's okay. a good interviewer. No, no, he's a good interviewer. I just know he's had a bit of controversy in the past, but we'll come on to Twitter controversy in a minute. Um, Spotify controversy, sorry. Um, so basically, Peter Dinklage has been interviewed on um, on uh, what the fuck uh, WTF, excuse me, and, and he was saying how Disney's plan to um, reimagine, remake a live action version of Snow White is offensive. Um, because of its portrayal of dwarfs, the dwarf characters in it. Now, I actually watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs when we did the Disney one of, uh, episode about a year ago, and there's nothing... Even the original in the 30s wasn't mocking their height. It wasn't making jokes about them as their stature. It was jokes about them being sleepy and dozy and... Yeah, I think I think Coffee. I think some, <clears throat> I think one of the points that he's trying to make is that it's it's you know turning uh, the physicality and the one dimensionalness of of their characters, you know, and and having a laugh about it. And I think that's 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 the point that he's trying to make, obviously. But if the whole point of reimagining is to flesh out and three dimensionalize these characters, are you telling me they're not going to get? You know, you tell me Disney would have remade this with a person of color as Snow White and and different attitudes towards representation. And then it's just going to bring seven dwarfs in and go, ha, look at them all mining, mining and well, living a little yeah. bit. They want to have done it. But, uh, but anyway, I, think, so- I, th- I think a lot of the old kind of characteristics of, of the dwarves have just been uh, fed through society for the last 80 years since it's been out, though. I think it's fed a lot of, um, I won't say hatred, but a, a lot of comedy uh, element yeah, uh, okay. into it. Um, I think and Peter I... Dinklage is one of those who has been very lucky to break out of that. He's yes, his role is in Game of Thrones is what made him, and it defined it was defined by his height. But this is a guy who's world famous. Is made about a million dollars an episode for Game of Thrones. He's being interviewed by Mark Maron. He's he's made it. He's now in films. He was Bolivar Trask in X Men, um, and he, and he broke through that mold as such. It, it wasn't. Mm-hmm the dwarf or the short person. He was just a character and nothing was mentioned his height. So he's come out and said, oh, it's awfully bad and it should, there shouldn't be any any dwarfs in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, and a lot of other actors, dwarf actors, have come out. Uh, Dylan Possel, who played um, Hornswoggle the Leprechaun in WWE. Um, Vince McMahon's illegitimate child, by the way. Um, he's come out and said... Quite to the contrary, you're taking work away from dwarf actors. Yeah, not, you can you can look at it one or two ways. Yeah, and the, a lot <clears> of these actors who probably only get work 
for a month at Christmas in the pantomime probably struggle for work and they yeah. have to take the roles that are available. And you've got somebody who is in a very privileged position as Peter Dinklage saying, I don't believe this is right for dwarf actors and nobody should play them parts. It's like, well, you've just, you just ruined the opportunity, the career opportunities of all other dwarf actors that don't have fifty million dollars in the bank and aren't but it's, well known. You know, it, it's like <clears throat> it's like getting Irish people to play drunk Irish people on TV shows and movies, just because it's a stereotype, and then turning around and going, "But what about all the drunk Irish actors? You're putting them out of business as well." Yeah, maybe but, as a society, maybe as a society, maybe what maybe what people Peter Dinklage is trying to to get across is that you know we should start normalizing you know uh, physical disabilities or um, height differentials between people uh, or whatever whatever they put they put it down as, and we should start normalizing that kind of stuff so they don't have to just be stuck with. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs as characters and actors. I get it. There's, there's other people. Yeah, there's other people like um, what's your man's name? Willow. Um, Boris Davis. Yeah, he owns obviously the talent agency in Hollywood for yeah. for small. I, I don't. I, I don't want to be offensive. Is it small people? Is that? Is I, that a, I'm I'm going with uh, people with dwarf dwarfs dwarfs because I've I've read that on a number of sites, and, yeah. uh, websites. So if if it is offensive, sorry, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I will yeah. say I will say you know, smaller people, smaller. Yeah, I yeah. will say smaller people. Um, but maybe maybe what he's trying to put across is the point that we should start to normalize that. We've we can normalize people being gay. We can normalize you know everything. But you know, we've still got a few hurdles still to jump in society where, you know, people can be seen as people rather than dwarves. Yes, totally understand that. I I I fully on board there. But the roles that are available now, and and these guys who are not Peter Dinklage, who are not in Game of Thrones, who struggle for work, don't have those roles available right now. The roles they've got are the ones that are in the classics like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbits. Lots about dwarves in there. They are, the dwarfs were the butt of the jokes in a lot of them films. Nothing got mentioned. Was you know they were the butt of the jokes. Would you like me to step? step would you like a box to stand on, Gimli? Their height was the butt of the jokes. Not nothing got mentioned because Tolkien. We all up. know. We all know that racism and bigotry in Middle Earth is allowed. All right. We all know that. So all I'm saying is Peter Dinklage is is very lucky to be where he is and suddenly be a crusader of everybody else who is where he was 20 years ago. I think he's is you know I think you're cutting their nose off despite verse rather than your own. He's, he's made a lot of money from it. Tall actors. What about all those tall actors? We're not going to have any tall parts anymore. All the giants and stuff now, we're going to get rid of them. It's not fair on tall people. As a tall person, I've made 50 million from being a tall person. So I'm going to say from now on, nobody else who's tall. Drunk Irish actors, You can act, an Irish actor can act something else and you're still going to get work. But people of a significant height <laughs> whatever the fuck the phrase is they're struggling <laughs> and uh, I just think sometimes it's like yeah you, you might sound like you're doing the right thing but no. yeah there's a there's a hill to die on sometimes and maybe sometimes people die on the wrong hills it's Snow White and the Seven Fucking Dwarfs you know what I mean it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs anyway okay um, live action He-Man Okay. <laughs> we've already had one it was already the greatest movie ever made move on 
2022. Shang-Chi writer David Callahan is uh, doing it. Uh, it's not Adam, what's his name, who was in, as we reported about a year ago. God, our source. Our sources were fucking... Noah Centrino, that was it. Noah Centrino. He's been dropped. It's now some other chump who's doing it, but it'll be shit, and everyone will get kick off about it, and Kevin Smith will cry about it, and then bearded freaks on and the post, YouTube. And post, it. <laughs> and post a video or a picture of himself crying on Twitter like, say, like he likes to do. Yep. What is it? This is some. This is touched another point with me, right? This is. I'm going to do a wine list. We're going to do a wine oh, list. Wine list. Wine list. Let's go. Come on. So, why do celebrities always like to take photographs of themselves crying and post it online? Fuck knows. Why? I doesn't like. I've just read this amazing book. Mm. <laughs> crying for? <laughs> I don't need. I don't need to see that shit. I don't need to know that you're crying because I don't know you got fucking you watch Eternals and it hit a chord. Like I don't give a shit. Like stop taking photographs of yourself. I've I've come into a lot of shit on Facebook. Believe it or not, believe it or not, <laughs> people get shit on Facebook for saying uh, I didn't enjoy Eternals. How could you not enjoy the Eternals? It was so moving and because oh, it was fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's why because it's a bad fucking movie. It's, listen, it's okay. It's okay to hate. Listen, I've said this to somebody the other day, right? It's okay to hate a movie on its merits. <laughs> Simple as that. Forget politics. Forget anything that happens within the movie. Forget religious disagreements. Forget political disagreements. Forget everything else. It's okay not to like a movie because it isn't a good movie. Just because you know they have added in so many great things into the plotline, you know, just because they are touching on elements that have not been touched on before in movies and superhero movies, doesn't mean it's good. I think, and I had this discussion with somebody. Movies are they're, they're art. They are art, and one person, I believe so. One person can look at a picture and go, "That's a shit picture," and another one can come up and go, "That's a brilliant picture." I don't begrudge you for liking the picture. Yeah. But don't tell me I'm wrong because I think it's shit. Yeah. And the same way I'm looking at Eternals, I think it's shit. No, you're wrong. No, no I'm not I, wrong. I, no, here, Paul, Paul, you're right. Because do you know what? I had to watch Eternals again because Rachel had never seen it. And I watched it again. And I can wholeheartedly confirm it's shit. <laughs> I said to my mate, I said, uh, he goes, Eternals is on Disney Plus. I says, I crack on with it. Well, do you not want to watch it with me? No. Why not? Because I thought it was shit. <laughs> He's looking at me like, I said I didn't enjoy it. Oh, I think you. I think you're thinking of it. You know, I think you're going about it the wrong way. You know, I'm like, that's fine. Crack on if you enjoy it. Go. Yeah. I've got a wine list. Going off topic, one that might. Go for it. Okay. Hypothetically speaking, <laughs> you, I like these. If you worked in an office mm -hmm. where the majority of the staff worked there from nine till six Monday to Friday. Mm -hmm. What time would you expect the canteen to shut for dinner? On any day? Any day, Monday to Friday. Two? Half past fucking one in this hypothetical canteen, in this hypothetical workplace. But of course, my hypothetical friend doesn't don't get his dinner till half past one. So that hypothetical friend may theoretically have to run down to the fucking canteen and have whatever the scrape up off of the floor that's left over. Because they shut a canteen at half past one in the afternoon when you work in a fucking office. <clears throat> Sorry, that's my wine list. About well, do you know what you could do? You could do. You could bring your own fucking lunch and start complaining. 
<laughs> I, I earn far too much money to make my own dinner. Come on, fuck off. <laughs> I'm not even saying that. Fucking stop at the fucking Tesco's and fucking grab yourself a sandwich in there. What's, was, the, what's uh, the issue? I went and have I went and had my car washed the other day. You know, it's it's January, so I thought I'd have the car washed. And the uh, yearly wash. Yeah, the yearly wash covered in it was covered in salt and shit and everything. And I couldn't see out the windscreen because my washers were full up with water, and I was supposed to fill them up. And I'm like, I better go get it washed. I'm sat there, fucking knackered. It's fucking windy and raining, and I'm just there thinking, I'm paying five quid to have my car washed. Why am I so lazy that I'm paying somebody else to wash it? And then it started raining and wind, <laughs> and the wind <laughs> caught some big uh, metal boardings on the side of the thing, and it blew them across the car park, and somebody got smacked on the head. And then the wind blew up and blew a bunch of water into another guy's face, and I thought, that's why I'm not doing it. That's why, and a fiver to get your car washed? A fiver? Fiver. fiver. That's good, luck. I'm stimulating the economy. Well done, Paul. You just, where's, you. Your fucking, where's your fucking period? Who's fucking applauding me on a Thursday night? Bastards! Oh. Fuck NHS. <laughs> Boris Johnson was right. Boris Johnson was right to spit in their faces and have parties. Cunt. Uh, oh, we haven't even had that report yet. Nah, well, let's not. It's not gonna. It's, we're never gonna have that report. Come on, we're gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna say it now, right? I'm trying to say it as well, so we don't get in trouble. That report, <laughs> the Met Police is looking after Boris Johnson because they're saying. We're now going to say it's an, an illegal investigation, so you can't mention anything. So a watered-down report gets released. Boris Johnson goes, oh, look at this big piece of paper with all these black lines on it. Doesn't say I did anything wrong. I'm in the clear. It hangs in there. Six months later, fucking Cliff Richard's going to get shot or the fucking, some plane will crash somewhere. <laughs> Hold on. Whoa, whoa. Are you going to shoot Cliff Richard? Well, I'm not going to shoot Cliff Richard. I'm just saying something will happen, right? Where, and then they'll go, right send out the full report and it'll get forgotten about I was going to say Queen dies but I don't want to go there but you know what I mean some major because you know because you know what's happening it's going to happen that's going to happen oh there's another one for you as well that I put on Twitter anyway but Prince Andrew is up in court uh, I don't know the official term in the law but I'll I'll guess it of is a bit of a sex pest right nonce is a nonce is a fucking nonce allegedly a fucking nonce totally right? allegedly nonce he is allegedly a fucking nonce who would be your first first star witness to tell the world you're not a nonce? Well, uh, Gary Glitter can't Gary get back Glitter. into the country. He can't get back into the country. Uh, and Jimmy Savile's dead, so I don't know. Who, who else? Kevin Spacey? Oh, number three on the list, yeah. Number three, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Prince Andrew is calling Kevin Spacey to the witness stand to go, oh, no, no, you know the sex trafficker and the paedophile that had a tour of Buckingham <laughs> Palace? I brought them along with me. It was the guy that invited them. I brought them do, with me. Do you know the guy? Totally do, you, right. do you know who? Who do you want to call up? Uh, do you know the guy who's been taken up for for rape? Oh, it was a bad start. Oh yeah, and like two of the the, the key witnesses are like were found dead. Um, Andrew, I don't I don't like this. Yeah, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, he's my Kevin Spacey. Mm, uh, Andrew, mm. Andy, Andy, Andy. Maybe not. Okay, okay. Maybe not. So no Gary Glitter either there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, bit of a quiet week. I ain't seen Scream yet. I'm not going to sound shit. Uh, there's the news. What else did we have to talk about? Hawkeye, you haven't seen yet. Um, okay, so this week's the menu. Of, do you know what we haven't spoken about? We haven't spoken about Book of Boba Fett. Have you watched Book of Boba Fett? I haven't watched any of it yet. I'm hanging on. I'm going to smash them all in in one go. Well, I won't. I won't say anything then. Thank you very much. 
You're very welcome. Mandarin. Where are we putting it on a scale of Star Wars Holiday Special to the Mandarin? Mandalorian. Mandarin or Mandalorian? Mandarin. Mandarin. (laughs) I thought we were going back to Shang-Chi there. Mandarin is a fucking Chinese takeaway just that road. (laughs) (laughs) On a scale of... On a scale of Star Wars Holiday Special to the Mandalorian Season 2, where does Book of Boba Fett land? Like, in the middle of all that is Revenge of the Sith. That's... uh, It's a tough one. I'll I'll save it until I watch the whole... Okay. I've watched all, all five episodes. Until I finish the, the entire series, I'll come back to it. All I've noticed with Book of Boba Fett, I haven't, I haven't muted any words. I haven't ignored any tweets. But no, Mandalorian, nothing, I had yeah. so much spoil. It was nothing, particularly, nothing particularly particularly, has happened. It's just, it's just on. So this week, we are doing a totally 90s movie menu. Now, this is uh, the first menu we did, as we alluded to earlier back in, was episode one. It was about the 80s movies, our best and worst movies of the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. This time we're talking it a little bit differently. We're going to uh, the 90s, but I wanted to do a menu of what movies we think encapsulates the 90s perfectly. What is so obviously a movie set and made in the greatest decade that but there's we have so many. There's so, there's so many. Like it is, it is virtually impossible uh, to decipher. Uh, a 90s movie uh, between you know uh, piles of, of great 90s you know we had we had Encino Man or California Man whoever in there at one stage that was in there we, at once yeah we what we wanted Biodome <laughs> everything Polly Shore just brought out in the 90s we wanted to put it there um but obviously we we kind of went over to a few people on Twitter and we asked them to kind of to choose a few things for us. So there was a few on there. There's what the one movie I think I, I don't actually. Do you know what? I don't think one movie on this list I chose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I genuinely don't think one movie. Yeah, on we kind of went. I asked a bunch of people on Twitter and everyone. We had loads of responses, absolutely loads of responses about. Um, which should we put? And I did actually put, I'll give shout outs to people, but it's been that long ago that I can't actually find the tweet. So I'm really sorry, but if you follow us and you replied. Yeah. Listen, life has got, life has gotten away in the last couple of weeks. All right. You know what I find with Twitter? It's like, if I don't keep up with something for 24 hours, it's gone. It disappears. Yeah. I think for me, two of the movies, I mean, I, I wanted to make a point of talking about films that we haven't discussed yet. I think that's yeah. always something that we should, there's absolutely no point in us talking about Jurassic Park over and over again. But I wouldn't say that was a, a 90s movie, Jurassic Park. It was a movie from the 90s. I want to say it was yeah, typical I, of the decade. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. It's not it it's not synonymous with 90s. No. Like it's it is it is one of the greatest movies of the 90s, but it's not synonymous. It's not a no. 90s movie. Yeah. I wanted to put in the Matrix in there, but I think mm-hmm. that more that developed fashion and culture trends rather than and, being and a product more, of them. And we'll 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 do we'll do the matrix. <laughs> we'll do okay. the matrix. We're gonna be resurrecting that piece of shit next week. <laughs> Don't worry about that, people. The other one was um uh, Glenn mentioned this one to us, Pretty Woman. I think woman, that yeah. is like was early Pretty 90s, Woman nineties. I was 19, Pretty Woman nineties. Nineteen ninety, yeah. Oh, so I thought it was 89, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it's 1990, so it's coming right out of the 80s. It's Lotus Esprit or Lotus Elise, or whatever they call it. There's um, driving through LA with the, the 
King of Wishful Thinking playing over at the top or whatever, and it's it just encapsulated that for me would have been very close in there. But we went with um, we went with our dear listeners for the majority of these. Um, should we should we get into it? Let's go. So a movie menu, as we, uh, as our long-time listeners uh, will be familiar, first-time listeners, hello, welcome. Um, a movie menu is when the, sh- the two chefs here, Chef Tebbs and Chef Corm, cook up a delight of a selection of menus for you to devour. Don't take this. Don't take this one as a normal menu because it's not going to be a normal menu because we've not we've not chosen this one ourselves. So this well, isn't our normal we, menu. Yeah, but chefs take recipes from other places. They take inspiration from other chefs. The the, the everybody on a all of our followers on Twitter are our chef, chef de parties. They're our commie chefs. They're, they're feeding us our genius. And we bring all these little bits together to, to create a culinary delight. So as a starter, so this is men, uh, a totally 90s movie menu. So a starter is a, is a film that if somebody said, oh, I wasn't alive in the 90s, what was all that about? You'll show them this film and say, that's what the 90s looked like. And then a, a fish dish, something that was fucking awful. You're like, oh, this is the worst that the 90s produced. This, and then you've got a main course, you've got a showstopper. Somebody goes, hey, show me a film that was typical of the 90s. Ah, here's the best one for you. And the dessert is an indulgence. What do you keep going back to that is kind of, sort of comforting and nourishing and, and delicious? So, um, Cards on the table straight away. This is the first one that we came on. This is a starter. Um, you wanted to say sneakers for this one, didn't you? I wanted sneakers as everything, but the good fish <laughs> dish made every dessert everything. I wanted sneakers for everything. I still haven't seen sneakers. You're going to hate me for that. I've literally been in the house for about four weeks as well, and I still haven't seen sneakers. But um, well, as the large majority of people on our um, on our Twitter feed uh, voted for, was clueless. The mm-hmm. 1995 Alicia Silverstone uh, romantic comedy of a shallow, rich, and socially successful girl called Cher, who is the top of the Beverly Hills school pecking order, sees herself as a mash make, and she, basically she tries to she's all that people, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. But she, com- she comes across, right? Like, I was obviously, I'm of an age where I can remember when Clueless came out, and I can remember. Uh, the, the kind of love for Clueless, uh, of, like even a couple of years after it came out, where people were like, "This is a this is a high, highly intelligent uh, comedy." You know, it is such a smart uh, comedy. It is you know of the time. It is of the moment. It was a, and you watch it now, and I'll be honest with you, it's fucking naff as shit. It's crap. It I'd never seen it. I'd never seen it until about two weeks ago when we were, we were planning this episode. Um, I I was um, nineteen ninety five. I was just turning sort of twelve years old around that sort of summer, um, going into high school for the first time, and then this is where you know as if and whatever and all that kind of lingo came in. It was all about this sort of the nineties boom. It was back in sort of rich people in Bel Air. It was young kids going around with convertibles and mobile phones it was it was sort of that dream for a young girl and and the girls at school used to love this film the boys used yeah. to set the piss out of it because it was a girl's film now i put it on and i got the feeling straight away that this is mean girls that came out about 2003 4 this is mean girls just without any of them being mean yeah 
it was just nice girls. It was like, and I'm watching this film with a uh, Paul Rudd who looks <laughs> not a day under forty nine. <laughs> just ident- just identical with the cunt. <laughs> Paul Rudd, um, Paul Rudd, you're a prick. I hate yeah. you. Um, and I was watching this film and they're talking about having girly sleepovers and makeup and makeup sessions, and I just thought, same with Eternals. This film wasn't made for me. <laughs> this no. film, this film wasn't made for me, and this is why we do these menus because some of them are supposed to be sort of, you know, give it a go and see if you can find a little nugget. In the... This is a film about young girls giving each other makeovers and falling <laughs> in love with boys, and it just did nothing but, for me. Yes, yeah, but what I, what I will say is this, right? What I will say is this is it, it was maybe the first of a bunch of movies, and maybe it is the you know it is the grandfather of a lot of these kind of movies. Mean yeah. Girls, Ten Things I Hate About You, uh, I don't know, Thirteen Going on Thirty, Legally Blo- all these, all these kind of early two thousands, um, you know, comedy, more female centric, you know, comedies uh, coming out. So it, it is the grandfather or the granddaddy or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Amy Heckerin, obviously, um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, um, you know, look who's talking. You know, she is a very, very, very talented director writer um so it's of its time it, as you say it's just not for me it's not my kind of a movie you know as you just said there movies like mean girls like mean girls is so much better than this movie like it is it is so much covers so much social ground in mean girls than what clueless doesn't um you know there are a few lines uh, in in Clueless that I did find like very funny when uh, she uh, she says to the girl in gym class, you know, uh, I'm not allowed to. My my doctor says I can't put, get any balls to my face. And then Dion turns around and goes, Well, there goes her social life. You know, <laughs> there, there, are, there are some good one liners in it. Um, but for me, it, it's 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 very much a poor person's Mean Girls. Do you think? And I'm trying to sort of try and get a bit sort of highbrow sight and sound here, but if you compare Mean Girls and Clueless, mm-hmm. one's mid nineties, optimism, boom, coming out of a recession. One is post nine eleven, fucking world's going to shit. Everyone, you know, and well, it's more nine, sort of there's only there's only nine years between Mean Girls and Clueless, but they're pretty much very similar films, but with a completely different tone about them. Oh yeah, oh, Both 100%, the young but... teenage girls, but. In terms of this, in terms of the 90s, like I say, for me, it was the 90s is this sort of era. Like I say, we had the big crash at the sort of the beginning of the 90s. We hadn't had 9-11 yet. And it was this sort of developing economic time. We, hadn't, we didn't really have that many wars. Sorry to the people of Bosnia, but we didn't have that many sort of big conflicts. It was just a time when there was sort of prosperity. And maybe well, it's just do... me being in high school no, not seeing any of it. But I think you do make a good point because you, you watch Clueless and the kind of the overarching thing of clueless is maybe it's maybe it's okay to get a, a you know to do your nails and maybe it's okay to change this girl into to being a you know a, a popular girl in mean girls it was no you don't you don't have to change you don't have to change you don't have to be like them you don't yeah. you, you know you be yourself you know you don't have to and i think mean girls maybe even gives out a better message than what clueless did Let's just talk about Mean Girls. Let's just talk about me. This is the Mean Girls podcast. <laughs> this is the Mean Girls podcast. Um, but yeah, completely not made for me, but I get why people like it. And I just got the feeling, and I can understand why people say it's that, that sign of 
you know, like I say, mid-90s, Beverly Hills, mobile phones with huge antennas and convertibles and boys. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I get I get that. So I will say I will say one thing. It was really good to see two people. Um, I really like your man. Is it Donald Fasson uh, from Scrubs? Yeah. Fais, Murray. Fais, yeah. Always good to see him. And it was an absolute pleasure to see Brittany Murphy again. Well, I'll tell you who it is. Yes, absolutely. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, Brittany Murphy. Yeah, she's just ever, ever yeah. genuinely. She, she's one of these. She's one of these actresses that never really became an A star. Um, but she is very, very, very good at any role that she enters into. Even when you watch Sin City, you know when she plays the bar, the gar, the girl, um, Benicio del Toro's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. it's a really throwaway part, watch. but she, yeah, 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 she fucking nailed it. Well, I'll tell you who else it's good to see in a movie. That is Penn Gillette, who obviously was one of the stars of Hackers, which is our <laughs> fish dish. <laughs> oh, where do, where do we start with Hackers? I had it on, it was one of the first DVDs I ever bought. And again, this came out in 1995. Um, I, I, I almost idolised this film. I loved <laughs> this film. I was a teenage boy. I was watching Angelina Jolie in skimpy clothes and Johnny Lee Miller, who is, you know, definitely not a teenage boy in this film. What is it with America? What is it with America taking notably old men and putting them in a high school and pretending that the kids? <laughs> That's just the way it is. Listen, they have fucking beauty pageants for five-year-olds for fuck's sake. Like, oh, geez. America, sort your shit out. Um, I was trying to work it out. So Tommy Lee, Mil- Johnny Lee Miller. Tommy Lee Jones. Johnny Lee Miller was born in 72. If it so, was Tommy Lee Jones, we would have a fucking real problem here. <laughs> so he would have been 22 making this film. Now, That's not that bad. Nah, it's not Tobey Maguire who was like 45 when he made Spider-Man 2, you know. Um, but this is a film about a group of uh, group of hackers, believe it or not, that are um, framed for... Hang on, let me get it straight. They, <laughs> these hackers from a high school in New York were, are blamed for creating a virus which makes five oil tankers capsize in the world. Now, if <laughs> life in the nineties, pitch pitch meetings in the nineties must have been so exciting. <laughs> this is like when do you remember the Key and Peele sketch where um, it comes yeah, to doing Gremlins uh, yeah. Two? Gremlins Two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's an electric. We come back, so we always. Let, let me just stop you. Let me just stop you there. If people haven't seen the Keen's Peel uh, sketch on Gremlins 2, just fucking stop listening to this and just go watch stop that. Listen to it, go watch it. Um, but this is for me where, uh, and this is the fish called, this is, uh, it is, this is dripping in what the 90s is about. This is, oh, yeah. um, so it's about a young boy, um, Dade, that gets arrested for hacking into the FBI or whatever, and he can hook his, his mother gets outraged because he hooks his computer up to the phone line. Yeah, and um, he's the, I love, I love these. He's not allowed a dial-up telephone until he's, he's eighteen. It's just brilliant. It's brilliant. Why is it going? Fucking dial-up, brilliant. <laughs> um, and and for some reason, Dave moves to New York, and he ends up um, within this entire group of hackers in his one New York school. Can we, just call, him, to... can we call him Zero Cool from now on? Not Zero Dade. Cool. Yeah, sorry, Zero Cool. So Zero Cool is at um, this high school and is with uh, serial killer Matthew Lillard and uh, 
Oh god, and, and this is the fashion, the music. We've got some prodigy techno in there. Did this, did this, what we used to think what the future would be like? Do you know what? We're actually they got part of it right. They got part of this kind of fucking uh, hipster bullshit clothes. They got they got part yeah. of it right. Yeah. You know the plugging in. Let's plug in. Mm, like that now. That that's like oh. And there's one scene <laughs> where they're all just like at payphones with laptops. Yeah. Like, the fuck are you doing at a payphone? <laughs> Jesus, life was such a like. Do you know what? Rachel reminded me of something when we were sitting chatting, chatting about after watching Hackers. And she looked at me and she goes, "Do you remember when you were only allowed in the internet after six o'clock?" <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, that's right. You're only allowed in the internet after six o'clock." Or oh, do you remember when you're downloading a new uh, a new file on Napster? And then your ma picks up the fucking phone downstairs and it cuts your internet off. You kids, you kids will not understand this, okay? No. There were times when you used to buy magazines that had 100 free minutes of internet with mm-hmm. a disc. And you used to sign up to a different account every month so you could get another 100 free minutes on the internet. This and, let's a- say, and let's say, for instance, that you want to get a picture of, say, a man's penis, like John Hamm. You know, how long would that have taken? It would have taken an hour. That picture would have gone on for days. And it downloads from the top as well, doesn't it? Yeah, and you you don't even get the fucking... Well, you know, yeah, you get the surprise at the bottom, obviously. Like, of, you don't get to yeah, the meat of the matter. You don't get to the meat and two veds, you know, till fucking halfway down the page. But this... And so hackers in as well. So people talk about Terminator and films like that, and, the, and these films from the 80s of being people's fear of technology fear of the future all this and the internet was just becoming a big thing mid 90s where it was becoming more mainstream more accessible to people at home and this film comes to me like somebody who a group of hollywood executives that have sat around and gone how dangerous is the internet well school kids could just hook up to a phone line and capsize a tanker at any moment right make a film on it (laughs) we've got fisher stevens as the plague who what well, is he I really, doing? I'm, I'm let me put it like this. I it, it is hackers is like ready player one in some in some ways. Like ready player one has taken a lot of stuff from hackers, you know, Fisher Stevens and that guy in New Zealand who seemed to be in everything. No, we were talking earlier on about people who just seem to be in everything. That guy, what that guy, I don't even know what his name is. Ben was Ben something? Ben. I don't know. The guy who was in um the bad guy in Ready Player One, and he was in Star Wars, and he was in Mendelssohn. everything else. Mendelssohn, Ben Mendelssohn, that's his name. Um, him and Fisher Stevens' character are very much alike in, in Ready Player yeah. One uh, and yeah. Hackers, like very much alike. Uh, but I, I, I really enjoy Fisher Stevens. He's got that kind of, uh, he's got that kind of nineties, eighties, nineties look uh, that I kind of vibe on. Again, Matthew Lillard in this as well. I, I don't care what anybody's opinions of of, of Matthew Lillard. I fucking love him and everything. Mm. I, I yeah. like I I like his over the top enthusiasm. I like his Gary Boosie, you know, nerdy Gary Boosie kind of scenario that he's got. I, I like it all. Um, the, the two bad things about this movie were Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lee Miller. Like they they were fucking terrible. Well, they obviously had chemistry because they got married shortly after making this film. Yeah, divorced four years later, but. Uh... Tell you what, she's she's been through half of Hollywood, hasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton, Johnny Lee Miller. Fuck you know. 
Brad Pitt. <laughs> Forget about three, him. Three, three, three <laughs> of the, of the six odd actors in Hollywood. She's been through all three, three of them. <laughs> the other one's Fisher Stevens. <laughs> yeah, Fisher Stevens. <laughs> but I think this, is, and I, I get how it's it's a film that sort of is designed, I think, to make people, um, like I say, afraid of the internet mm-hmm. afraid of oh, 100% yeah be be afraid of what these fucking yeah. wild kids can do this is what the kids can do, do you know we do the war on drugs and we do the war on sex and the war on video games and this is what they can do with computers now and, and the main sort of set piece of what they can do with a computer is hack into a TV station and change the videotapes around live TV so yeah. they're, and they're doing fights with little clips and you just but like, it's like oh it's like Max Headroom like they, they they the part of this movie is based on this Max Headroom somebody yeah. breaking into a local TV show or TV channel and just putting stuff out so what did you take anything away I mean look I think this is one of these that's so bad it's good it is naff now it's totally back it's in totally the 90s naff. back in the mid 90s watching this this was the future. The, these, I, I, these are kids I, I that are flying <laughs> under the radar. They're yeah. hacking into phones and, and, and making the water sprinklers go off at school and zero coal getting, getting the girl at the end. You just... I look at hackers as this, right? I look at hackers as me going back to the 90s. Now, like I will say this, I didn't enjoy the movie at all. Like It's, it's a terrible movie, but seeing all the stuff that they're talking about uh, made me laugh and hackers is probably the only movie in this list that i would went i remember that i remember that happened in the 90s that was in the 90s i like that i enjoyed that from the 90s oh fucking dial up remember that in the night like all that stuff it was the one movie where i always went i went yeah that is this is a fucking totally 90s movie i've got to totally admit out of all the films we've watched in this this is the one that is like if you didn't tell anybody when it was set, you could easily mm-hmm. go midnight. Oh, 100%. 90s. Absolutely, yeah. But um, no, I, I did have a lot of fun, and probably in about another 20 years' time when I get drunk and show my kid it for the first time, I'll have a lot of fun with it again. But uh, what was your uh, MSN messenger name, by the way? Did you have? I never had one. Never had one. No, I never had one. <laughs> I always remember. I always remember like the thing that you used to say was it. Was like sex, age, AS, ASL, and length. It, Isn't it. that what it is? <laughs> is that not what it was? Everything back to penises. No, this is completely true. I'm going to do it on Twitter now, live on the thing. It's ASL, A slash S slash L. And what did the L and what did the L stand for? Was length. Location. No, it was length. Right. Okay. I'm going not on in the on... chat rooms. None of the chat rooms that I was going into. <laughs> right, I'm going. I'm just putting a tweet out now. Hey, everyone. A S L question mark. Right, I'm going to send that. No, actually, gonna... you have to say what does it stand for. Give I'm them not... a wee bit more context. No, so settle... what people... what, no I, but you know, to get people to, to, to tell you what it is, to say settle a debate. A S L, what does it mean? I'm, I'm, I'm going to just wait to see what um, what replies come back. Because if one, one guy just comes back and replies, 60, male, 7 inch, I'm going to be really <laughs> fucking worried. <laughs> <laughs> um, main course then, and I, I picked this one because uh, you'd have ended up picking fucking 
some shite. Um, Fight Club. Yeah. I mean, I would pick some shite. You what would have done. It was, was you... going to be Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You'd have, picked, you'd have picked Twister or fucking Beauty and the Beast or some garbage. Right. Fight Club. Tell me why you think it is the best film ever. Um, Fight Club is still one of my favourite movies. Uh, again, even though I have not chosen any <laughs> any movies in this this menu. Uh, that's, really Club, getting, that's really stuck in your craw, isn't it? You're I'm really just going saying, in. I'm just saying. Like, but I, I remember Fight Club for this, and it was one of my best friends in the entire world, Declan McManus. Uh, he hates going to the cinema. He is, he is like a person that would happily live without a TV and the internet and radio. Everything is an imposition. Everything. You know, so, like it doesn't matter if it's anything new technological wise, he, it is an imposition in his life and he just doesn't want to know about it. And he was kind of like that as a kid growing up in the 90s. And it took me a lot to make him go see movies. And there was one Friday night where I said, to him, there's two movies I want to see. So you're going to have to come with me because I don't want to go drinking. And he's like, all right, okay. So he came to see, we've seen uh, The Sixth Sense first, and then we've seen Fight Club after. And it was it was a fucking class doubleheader. I've done maybe two or three doubleheaders, you know, after that in my entire life. And I've never hit that height as coming out of a movie of Sixth Sense going, fucking hell, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And then walking into Fight Club nah, and going, a, good, fucking hell, I didn't see that coming. And it was like... A- you kind of set your mind up for every movie then has to be as good and fucked up. And, uh, you know, you have to be cerebrally raped, you know, every time that you go in and you're looking back and it going, fuck, did that, did that happen? Did he talk to him? Did he, yeah. it was just everything in it, everything in it for me was fantastic. And then obviously this is kind of apt as well, because uh, that news report came out that the, the Chinese kind of uh, changed the ending to Fight Club. Did yeah. you see these reports? Yeah. Polanyuk's actually, on board with it i wonder why yeah yeah well so you can sell like eight million more copies of your book so i'm sure he is on board with it but yeah the change i don't i don't think chuck cares the ch- chuck don't give a fuck the change the um the change the moving novelization version to a, yeah. a scene where he gets caught at the end of the bad guy yeah well he was supposed the bomb like they set the bombs uh, the names were different it was joe in in the book he shot himself because he realized that he was tired of Erden. Um, and then he ended up in the hospital, but the bombs didn't go off in the book. The bombs didn't go off, and then it ended in the hospital where one of the the, the club that he was involved in kind of leaned in and was like, uh, good to see you still alive, sir. Operation blah, blah, blah is still going on, and that was the end of the book. Uh, so, you know, he wanted to have everybody believe that it was it was all about male masculinity. You know, yeah. the whole way through the, the movie and the book was all about male fighting and male masculinity, and the bombs not going off was Tyler Durden's impotence that, you know, that they didn't go off. Nothing yeah. happened. And then obviously they changed that in the movie that the bombs went off and Chuck Palmer did not agree with this. No, I didn't all. like that one at all, did he? But, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I was only, I'm only like obviously reading this fucking 20 years later after the, after the fact. Yeah. Um, I read, I read Fight Club about 10, 15 years ago, something like that. And I, I, that's the one sort of thing that surprised me from it. I'm like, you know, you're going back a couple of pages, like, hang on a minute. What I thought the plane, the, you know, yeah, from what I learned, they weren't happy. But in, the, in terms of the film Fight Club, then, yeah, it, this is about, I think it's too early to say toxic masculinity, but it mm. is about 
reclaiming your masculinity. And I think it's what a lot of people... If, if Clueless and Pretty Woman were coming into the 90s and the, the positivity and fresh starts and Brighton, Fight Club was sort of the end. Well, it literally was the sort of 1999. Yeah. It was the end of the 90s. And I think people have got a lot more sort of jaded with the world. I think people are ready for more grittier, sort of more contemplative sort of themes. I think they're ready for things that are more, more adult. Um, this wasn't, um, you know, this is Brad Pitt beating people around the face when up to this point he has been the, the heartthrob. So I think it was a big change in direction for him. But Fight Club was, it, it still is for me, one of those films that you can go back and watch two or three times over mm. your life and, and always see if see something new or take something new from it. Yeah, well, that was another thing he didn't like. He didn't like the 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 dicks in the movie either. Do the way he interspliced because Tyler Durden worked in the movie theater. Oh yeah, and yeah. he used to he used to take penises and put them into movies. Yeah, he yeah, didn't like co- that. There was a couple of them in the movie, and that There's was another thing that he didn't like. It. Um, oh. I didn't really. It didn't really affect the movie for me. You know, <laughs> I didn't really think about that. But I mean, you know, you got to look at. This was kind of like the start of Brad Pitt's uh, reinvention as well, because Brad Pitt, pretty much up until '99, was a pretty boy. You know, maybe yeah. Twelve Monkey, Twelve Monkeys. You know, he was kind of breaking out from the mold, but everybody's still seen him. Uh, you know, as Legend of the Fall, Brad Pitt, or you know, handsome blonde dumb guy Brad Pitt, and then he kind of broke out with a few performances, like obviously in Fight Club, um, where he stepped away from that and, you know, you were allowed to see him getting fucked up and, you know, he was in fights and he he lost fights and, you know, he got beaten up and, you know, he yeah. didn't affect him. And I, I think Brad Pitt in one of the, this is probably still his best, for me, still his best performance. That's, yeah, I'd absolutely agree with you there. We haven't said much about Ed Norton. I think Ed Norton's one of those. I think he's a very good actor, but I think he was right for this for this yeah. role. The scene, of... the scene in the in the office with his boss, where he's beating himself up. Outstanding. One of the best scenes in nineties movies. One wow. of the best scenes. I love the twist on it though that he is literally beating himself up, and he says he imagines his fight with Tyler, and he's literally mm-hmm. it, it's it's almost like the the signpost in the ending with that fight there you yeah. know he beats himself up for me ed norton's performance and ed norton as an actor for me is always one of those where he's like you know the guy at work that you'll talk to but after a while it just gets a bit boring and a bit annoying and you're like i just need to get away from him this is really doing my head in but is you know his character in this was that guy he was the the ikea condo yeah. boring fact guy who gives you facts about car crashes when you're on a plane and uh, and he was just the everyman is literally an everyman that has got stuck in this cycle of consumerism and work, sleep, repeat. Yeah. Leading through the 90s, making money for other people. And it, and it literally sort of exploded at sort of 99, 2000, 2001, where everything sort of started changing. Flight Club for me sort of encapsulated all of that. I'll always remember watching this because I got it given for Christmas that year. Um, and we were overseeing my family on the East Coast. And I sound like a, I sound like American. It's literally a forty minute drive, but um, I, I spoke to my uncle Keith, and I said, "Oh, I've got Fight Club." He goes, "Oh, I've wanted to watch that." My uncle Keith was probably six and a half foot tall, bald, big, strong ox of a man, you know, working on farms and 
cat industry and engineering and all that sort of road motorbikes and um me and him sat and i was 15 at the time and i said i wanted to watch it with my dad and my dad never wanted to watch films like that and i was kind of on my own so keith said right let's go watch it in my office and the cats in the cradle in the cinema so i'm sat with keith and we watched this all the way through neither one of us said anything never said anything and i'd never really spent much time with him um up to that and like one of his daughters came through the door and he goes fuck off watching a film so sent the daughter out <laughs> and we watched it and right at the end he looked to me and i looked at him and he goes it was all right that wasn't it he says yeah it was great and he goes cracking got up and he just walked out and i'm like That's <laughs> um, keith, actually, keith actually passed away a couple of years back and uh that was Sorry, one of Biggie. my sort of, but that was one of my moments that I remember with my uncle Keith sat watching that, and ironically, "Bat Out of Hell" was played at his funeral. So it was his favourite song, and he liked riding his motorbike and his Harley and stuff. So, no, and me, and of, me, and the loaf was in the movie as well. And the loaf, Robert Paulson. Mm-hmm. His name don't, was Robert. Don't. Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. <sighs> Got to see Jared Leto get smacked around the face. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I might just I might just save that clip on my phone so every time like someone puts Suicide Squad on, I'll just play that clip of Ed Norton battering him around the face. But um but yeah, look, Fight Club one it is one of those, and I think it was very clever. It's one of these that takes it at first where it goes, you know, we're saying we're going against consumerism, we're talking anarchy, but it is absolutely about masculinity, people insecure with their own. Mm-hmm masculinity and it is a film made it's a film made for men yeah made for blokes that don't know the place in this world where they're supposed to go to work in the cornflower blue tie and go in their office and go home and put the ikea together and and it was the first sort of sign of rebellion um i, I can't think of many more films from the 90s that start off this new wave of thinking of this sort of rebellious sort of side of yeah anyway i love it I agree. I love it as well. Well done, I, people for well done, people for voting it in. Well, no, I voted for that one, so thank you. I will well take done, your, Paul. Well done, Paul, take, for voting it in. You're welcome. You're welcome, um, <clears throat> David Fincher. Has there been um, has Mindhunter three been announced yet? It's not been announced. Uh, it has been rumored, but I do. I don't think it's going to happen. The the guy. Uh, who was in Matrix? Who's in Mindhunter? Uh, I did read an interview with him the other day, and Jonathan he said Ruff. him he said that he would walk to any set uh, that they told him if they told him that Mindhunter season three was going to be made. So th- right. there's a positive from it's a positive from him. You know, he would I, do it a hundred percent because I think the Matrix five contract's getting ripped up as we speak because <laughs> that's not fucking happening. <laughs> um, but I'm looking I'm looking for it. I I enjoy Fincher. I think Zodiac's one of the greatest films that's ever been put on film. Uh, I enjoy Panic Room. I enjoy Fight Club. I like David Fincher. Would you do a David Fincher menu? 100%. Where would we go with that? I, I, it would be hard to choose my favourite. Uh, Zodiac would probably be the main course for me. You know um, what? Because you've been kind of pushed out of the 90s one in a couple of episodes. So we're doing one next. We'll talk about what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks. But I think the next menu we do will be a, a David Fincher menu. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be, be very good. All you, that'd be very good. I all enjoy you. that. You pick I would enjoy that. You pick what can goes talk, in. Can the... we just talk? Can we just talk about Mindhunter as well? <laughs> yeah, we'll just do a we'll just do an hour on. We'll do uh, basically. It's going to be um, Mindhunter. It's going to be Zodiac, and it's going to be 
uh, Madonna Bad Girl music video. Yes. It's directed, <laughs> it's directed a lot. David Fincher, oh, we're doing well with his 90, 90s movie. David Fincher directed Vogue music video, Iggy Pop mm-hmm. Home, Billy Idol, LA Woman, George Michael, Freedom 90, then Alien 3. Like he's been active since the 80s, like. Oh, God, yeah. But I mean, he's done a lot of music videos and stuff, and then he would have Alien 3. But then you look, and he goes straight back into Coca Cola and Levi's commercials. And it wasn't until 7 in 95, after Alien I, 3 in, in 92, you know, so. I'm just, almost sure that I read somewhere as well that he worked on Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Two seconds, I just want to look at this. There you go. Yeah, 100%. He worked in Industrial Light and Magic, 1983. Right. Well, let's save that for the <clears> David Fincher movie menu that we're going to do, because I think it's fantastic. And like I say, if it's one of yours, and you, you will be putting that menu, Chef Corn. Um, final meal, final serving um, is going to be our dessert. Um, one that gives us a little bit of, a little bit of <laughs> nourishment and a little bit of I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I, I forgot this movie ever existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I've until a, a hell of a lot of our um, followers mentioned it, I didn't even know it existed. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, <clears throat> we're talking, of course, about Empire Records. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, I, I see. I, I, I have a, a soft spot as well for Empire Records, uh, simply because I watched it on my first major ho- or, or holiday with my parents and my brother when we went to Canada. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those, it was one of those of the moment movies, you know, it just encapsulated kind of a lot of stuff for me. Music, I was getting into music, my brother was getting into music, he was making me listen to music, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, how would you explain it? That kind of grunge kind of look that people had, the t-shirts, the jeans, the skateboards, you know, that very Americana uh, 90s that you would think of was in this movie. The thing that I've got these down as, it's a genre on its own almost. It's slackers. Yeah. This is um, Clerks, Jane Silent Bob. You're talking, it's Generation X. Yeah. You know, it's before millennials. This is our, this is our era. It's, um, it's, what, it's what high fidelity would have been yes. <laughs> 10 years, 10 years yeah. before when they were all kind of like early 20s. But in that <laughs> sort of... In this sort of 90s, right? I mean, I was sort of looking at Empire Records and I was debating, shall we put this one in? I mean, obviously, a lot of people voted for it. A lot of people suggested it. So it must, you know, it obviously holds a lot of dear to a lot of people's hearts. But I was looking through and I'm there thinking, what kind of, what would be a great slacker movie for the 90s? Because there's, you know, it, as much as you've got the, the Clueless, which is the sort of the, the prissy daddy optimism, you've got Fight Club, which is another side of things. The stoner slacker, was a massive part of comedy from the 90s. We're talking Wayne's World, we're talking Bill and Ted, um, even going through to Clerks, Mall Rats, pretty much everything Kevin Smith, California Man, as you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. I've got here uh, Days and Confused, Airheads, Reality Bites, SFW with um, Stephen Dorff and Reese Witherspoon, um, and, then, and then Empire Records. What is it that this Generation X limp yeah, music I think and it where's is this just slacker about, stuff coming? It is just about like this lost generation of people. You know, 
these are people who have seen their parents survive. Like I, I rail against this shit all the time. You know, people used to be able to have part-time jobs and work in retail or retail management, you know, and be able to afford a fucking a house and two cars. And, you know, then they get a retirement when they're, you know, 55 or 60. And, you know, these are people who have grown up and seen their parents and their grandparents, you know, live like this. And society has kind of turned us into uh, these people that we, we can't afford these things anymore. So we're looking at these and we're trying to reel against this. We're trying not to be like our parents. Uh, we're trying not to be like our, our grandparents. We can't afford to be like them anymore. Um, you know, these kind of where society is trying us to tell us to get jobs, have careers. You know, these people don't want careers. You know, it's OK to not want to have a career. It's OK to want to do what you want to do. Um, because a lot of these people are mid twenties as well, you know, early early to mid twenties. You know, by all accounts, they should have decided what their career is and be trying to settle down with families. But I, 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 I get it. You know, I understand it completely. You know, I live in that world, and I think we all, you know, who've grown up in the nineties and the early two thousands, we've all live in that world. We all understand that we've all been fucked. You know. This is why we're in the situation like we're in with each government that we fucking we are <laughs> that we elect into our countries or wherever countries that we're into. You know, we could easily sort this out, but you know, we don't want to put the madmen like Jeremy Corbyn, uh, you know, in the in the fucking number ten because he wants to give people free school. <laughs> what free schools? What oh, madness? I don't know. I don't know. But I really liked Empire Records. Yeah. But when it comes to Empire Records, and like I say, it's going back to this sort of slacker, uh, yeah, and they're cracking, cracking casts. An unbelievable um, cast. <laughs> Liv Tyler, Renny Zellweger, Robin Tunney, Anthony LaPaglia, Maxwell Caulfield. It's, there's some, you know, solid, solid names on there. And it, and this failed to make its money back. And it's gained that big style, Yeah, big style, big style. Uh, it, it didn't make a lot at all. Like I think the budget was something like ten. It said ten to twelve million, and it only made about three hundred to four hundred thousand. Yeah, didn't do very so, well. At yeah, all, so it, it has, was. <clears throat> and I think having those names on the back of the box has helped it in the entire. You know, I don't yeah. think many people have gone back to this, but this is very one very much about. Um, it, it's the music. It's the zeitgeist of the time. It's the way people are thinking. Uh, it, it summarizes that sort of slacker mentality. And this this uh, quote I've got here from Michael Arbeiter, um, film journalist from Brooklyn. Um, he said, the mentality that there is no inherent value to labor, trying, caring, the mentality that is better to stand idly by and watch things happen, perhaps with a sardonic comment here and there, than to actually contribute to the happenings the mentality that nothing is worth doing anything for and that despite the lack of apparent um, apparent lack of answers, you've got all of them. The mentality of the slacker. And that pretty much, that is it through the 90s, isn't it? Yeah. These people are standing by saying, just as you just said, I can see people doing this. I know the answers. I know what to do. I just don't see the fucking point in getting involved. Yeah. And that is why Clerks has been chosen as a Moving, moving. I should have picked Clerks earlier, shouldn't we? Um, but yeah, Empire Records. That is our uh, movie menu of like totally nineties movies. So totally nineties. As if.
Right, heading into uh, next week. Well, we'll, cut, right. we'll finish off this week first. We've had... Excuse me. <laughs> this is trying to go... Like, Jody, you're going like... I'm almost sure I was able at one stage in my life to go, whatever, Trevor, and you... You are, making, you, be there. you are making letters with your fingers right now. I understand that this is, a visual, this is an audio medium and not a visual medium. Yes, I understand that. Um, I put on Twitter uh, during this that uh, I asked everybody what their ASL was. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, we've had you respond with age, sex, and length. <laughs> not quite the point of the uh, not quite the point of the exercise. And we've also had a George. Um, all Hill Kodos at All Hill Kodos is a Man United fan. So sorry, George, I'm not reading out your answer because you're a Man United fan. Okay, <laughs> so um, <laughs> 90s movies. How good are you? Get off Twitter. Let me see your face again on your camera. Turn, oh, right. turn your I'm, video I'll, back on. Come I on. wanted to see. I wanted to see what he said. All right. Right. 90s. 90s. Don't get to I'm know not... what he said. You don't know. Get, you don't get to know what George said because okay. he's a fucking Man U fan. He does like wrestling. He's my new fan, so he's dead to us. Okay, uh, let's start with some easy ones. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is the name of Will Smith's character in Independence Day? 90s movie trivia. Is he a lieutenant? Captain Stephen Hiller. I wouldn't have fucking known that. Well, you might have seen the film. Um, I did, several times. Eh, didn't pay attention. Which 1997 film stars Nicolas Cage, John Cusack and John Malkovich? John Nic- Cusack and John Malkovich? were and in Nicolas Cage. Were they in Pushing 10? 1997 film. Oh, fuck Con Air. Oh, you dickhead, Cormac. <laughs> you dickhead. Why am I thinking of pushing ten? No, I'm thinking about his John Cusack. That's Billy Bob Thornton. It's not even fucking. You know what? I was to and froing about getting somebody in to do as a quiz, so me and you can go against each other. I need. I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I, I'll ready. be honest with you. No, no, no. I'll be honest with you. My, see, see, my mind, my mind has been fucked for the last year and a half. So I need to get back into the mode. I need to get back into the swing of things. How many people were killed in the 1996 film Screen? Okay. One, two, Eight people were killed in Scream. Seven. No! I know. Seven. Go to the, the start. Is... No, it's eight. No, it's seven. Um, <sighs> what year was Forrest Gump released? 94. 94, bang on. Um... What we've got here, let's have a look. Uh, I'm going to do a, a, another one with you. Which 90s movie featured the Looney Tunes on its soundtrack? Space Jam? Space Jam. 
<laughs> we I all thought that was a check question. We all know which Looney Tune was on there. Which 90s movie soundtrack is the best-selling soundtrack of all time? The According Bodyguard. To, yes, bang on. Um, which 90s movie featured the songs My Guy, My God, and I Will Sister Follow Act. Him? Sister, Sister Act. Act. Which artist sang the hit Unchained Melody from the film Ghost? What do you mean? Do, do you mean it's not Robson and Jerome? That's what I was going to say. Do you want the Robson and Jerome one, or it's the Everly Brothers? Uh, the Righteous Brothers. Righteous Brothers. Shit. What Check were it. the three songs the band Aerosmith sung for the 1998 movie Armageddon? Three. Three. Well, it's obviously I don't want to miss a thing. Um. So I thought you were going to throw back there, like, you know, were the ones that they had Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler in the videos. Crazy? I'll go crazy. No, we've got What Kind of Love Are You On and Sweet Emotion. Um, oh, I don't want sweet to miss em- Sweet Emotion? Was, was for uh, Armageddon. Sweet um, Emotion's a fucking ages old. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's the, it, was, it was part of the, the thing, I think. Um, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Song and also a Golden, Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Original Song. I think that's an absolute banger, to be honest. And do you know what? It is Great. a banger. Great song. Um, last one. A few quotes from 90s films. There's no crying in baseball. Uh, League of Their Own. You can't handle the truth. Uh, a few good men. I see dead people. Six cents. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Home Alone. You had me at hello. Jerry Maguire. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Uh, I can... Rush hour. Rush hour. Carbon Dallas. You miss Carbon Dallas. <laughs> I, was just try- I was just trying to get his, his face in my head there. I was like, I get it. What's in the box? Seven. I'm king of the world. Titanic. Molly, you in danger, girl. Molly? M- Molly? You in danger, girl. Scream? Ghost. Uh, Ghost was 90? Right. I thought, oh, sorry, I thought Ghost was 89. <laughs> Talking about 90s films. Had <laughs> <laughs> a boy, Carl. Had a boy. I, I, I would have put it in my head that Ghost was 89. Sorry. Okay, so next week we are going to be discussing. Sorry, films. can we just say how? Can we just say how fucking great that I just did there and that? You did very well on that one, actually. You did Thank very you, well on the on the quotes one. Uh, next week is going to be an episode of us discussing films that should never have been made. <laughs> okay. uh, Hercules in New York is number one. See, I'm the, the, We could go two ways on this. Okay, we can either discuss. Nazi propaganda from 1939 to nineteen forty. Do you know? Do you know what I think we should discuss? I think we should just we should each write down. We should each write down ten movies. Right? We write down the ten movies that we think that shouldn't get made. It doesn't matter what it is. You can choose whatever. We're not saying that that this is the top ten. We're not saying that this is the definitive. We're saying that these are just ten movies each that we decide that it shouldn't fucking be made. Now, it could be racist movies. It could be just stupid, bad movies. It could be sequels, you know, that shouldn't have been made. Could be prequels that couldn't be made. Could be sequels to The Matrix. Could be prequels to The Matrix. Could be The Matrix. It could be anything to do with The Matrix, really. Can I have Aeon Flux? You can have Aeon Flux, if you want. 
So yeah. basically, we're going to have. Um, and that, that's that's another one. You tell me because I've never seen Aeon Flux. Do you have to tell me what Aeon Flux is about? I don't know. I saw it once at the pictures, and I found <laughs> never to watch the piece of shit ever again. It's fucking garbage. <laughs> it was fucking shit. Some bird who could who had hands for feet and feet for hands. I sort of I don't fucking care. Um, <laughs> that sounds great. I'm going to watch. It's <laughs> a woman who's got You've hands talk- feet. Mate, and do you, know, do you know what? We might find that we might talk each other into watching these movies. Do it, and then we've got to pick one off as list for the other person's got to watch. Ah, uh, and then we'll give a, a two minute breakdown in the next we'll episode. After. The next episode. <laughs> um, after that, we're going to be doing our first dark dessert of. 2022 Kevin Spacey oh Kevin it's got to be Kevin Spacey on it Jesus oh, it's going to be very labelless <laughs> oh he's still alive isn't he yeah um, he's still alive like let's, let's go pick somebody, let's pick somebody dead so we can't label them okay we'll come up with a dark dessert um, mm. but we've, we've spoke about Natalie Wood um, we spoke about the exorcist and the curse of the exorcist so I think it could be quite interesting if we can look at another uh, dark and seedy uh, mystery from Hollywood's past. Um, I don't give a fuck about social media. What? Uh, anything from you, Com? No, nothing. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Don't be a dickhead. Cool. Get the vaccine. We're going to go and ask strangers on the internet what their age, sex and length is. Age, sex, length. Do you know what my M- MSN name was? <laughs> what? El Punto Diablo. You're just making that up. No, El Punto Diablo. The demon the chicken. Pu- El Punto Diablo? Yeah. The demon chicken. Did you come up that yourself? No, my friend did, and I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay safe, everybody. And Say the, no more, money more. That's the, the song 40, from Empire to, Records. To the 40% of people who listen to us before 11 o'clock in the morning. Good morning, everybody. Top, top of the morning, lads. Goodbye. Or ladies. <laughs> Sexist. And in between. Oh, no, <laughs> not in between. I mean... <laughs> oh, 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 you wanker! <laughs> Keep it in. Keep it in. <laughs> Hey, baby.